Well, these past few days have been very interesting as they've unfolded for our country and for our own individual lives. I believe it's important to see what God's Word has to say about things like this so we as His children will find strength, healing, and hope for uncertain times. Speaking on behalf of the other elders, we want you to know that we are praying for you and we're walking with you through this. We encourage you to find some ways that you can help others, perhaps maybe looking through the directory and praying for each other or giving a call to each other to see how they are doing and if they need anything. Uh, I was greatly encouraged to hear about uh, a couple of our uh, members that uh, were planning on uh, getting together, taking the directory, um, and uh, speaking over the, the phone. Uh, they're going to be praying uh, for, for all the members, and I, I think that's great. No doubt, um, if you've been listening to any of the media coverage on the COVID-19 virus, one word may have been coming to your mind and in your life, and that word is fear. I'd like for us to take a look at a great passage of scripture here this morning, and hopefully you'll not only be encouraged, but also I, I want you to lift your eyes to heaven to see God as he is. And in doing so, your fear will be calmed by his ruling peace in your heart. We're going to spend a few moments here this morning dissecting uh, a terrific psalm uh, that is found here in Psalm 46. Uh, there's only 11 verses in this psalm, but the message is very profound, and I think the, the message that we find here for it today uh, it can be very applicable uh, to even our circumstances. Now, just a little background to put this psalm in perspective for us, and I think we'll see the circumstances that the nation of Israel was in the condition uh, that the condition that they were in really seemed hopeless and, and, and maybe at times it may even seemed very bleak. Most Bible scholars agree <clears throat> that this psalm was written during the time when King Hezekiah of Judah was surrounded by the army of Sennacherib. Uh, Sennacherib was the king of Assyria, and if you can remember, uh, God was uh, using other kingdoms uh, to uh, really do something in his own people's lives. Now, we're not going to read the entire background for this, but I encourage you to read it on your, uh, on your own time. Um, and if you can find the story, you can find it in 2 Kings chapter 18 through 19. Also, you'll read about it in 2 Chronicles chapter 32. And you'll also read about it in Isaiah 36 through 37. And that will really give you the background of what was going on. And then putting this psalm in perspective, it really helps us see how God was using the circumstances uh, to really show who he was as their God. Now, what was going on? Well, if I could just briefly sum it up for you. There was impending doom looming over the nation of Israel at this time. Forty-six towns and villages in Judah had been destroyed. Over 200,000 people had been taken captive, along with many of their belongings. Can you imagine the scene here? 
People ripped from their homes, possessions gone, livelihoods had come to a screeching halt, dreams shattered, families destroyed, and life as they had known it had seemed to stop. Life as they seemed to have known it was gone. Hopelessness and fear was their new normal. We read that at least 185,000 troops surrounded Jerusalem at this time. And it looked like only a matter of time before the whole city was going to fall. As the city was surrounded by the army of Sennacherib, Sennacherib began writing letters to Hezekiah, taunting the God of Israel, saying that the God of Israel was no match for his power. Hezekiah, who was the king of Jerusalem, was receiving these letters. And can you imagine the fear that I'm sure might have been overtaking his heart or maybe the fear that even the people that uh, as he read them and he talked about it was gripping their heart as well. But as he was reading these, we find that Hezekiah did something. And Hezekiah prayed. And after he prayed, we find that God spoke and in one night, the angel of the Lord defeated Sennacherib by killing 185,000 of his soldiers. What an amazing story. And again, I encourage you to really read the background information here uh, all about it uh, to really get the, the, full, uh, the full detail of all of it. But as we read here in Psalm 46, which we're going to hear pretty soon, we can definitely see that no matter what the difficulty, no matter the adversity, the hopelessness, or even the extreme pressures that these people found themselves in, God provided deliverance. This psalm relates to anyone who is in a time of trouble or to anyone who will face trouble, no matter how extreme. This psalm relates to you and to me, even in our circumstances. The main thing that, that I really want you to get behind this psalm that really helps us is when difficult times come, when difficulties come, God is all that you need. God is all that we need. No problem, whether emotional, physical, or spiritual, is too big for our God. If we will learn to take refuge in Him and lean on Him alone for strength, then with the psalmist, we can face the most extreme crises with quiet confidence because God is with us and he is all that we need because he is in control. Let's take a look at a couple things that will help us see this from this psalm. As we read this psalm here, I'm going to point out a few things that it's found here in Psalm 46 first thing that we need to understand is that difficult times will come. Difficult times will come. Let's read through this psalm and then we'll pick up a few of these things as uh, we go through it. Psalm 46, verse number one, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. 
The fact that God is our refuge and strength does not mean that we are immune from troubles and problems. The abundant life that was given to us through Jesus Christ is not a trouble-free life. There's many people that try to uh, really push this whole idea that, you know, if you're a Christian, then you're not going to have any problems. Well, that's just simply not true because God's Word tells us that we will have trouble. It, will tell, it tells us that we will have problems in this life. Everything that we are seeing in our culture today and will continue to see is troubles and problems. Hearing God's word, it teaches that God is our help in trouble. Let's hear about this catastrophe that's going on even in the time here. And he talks about these global changes that could happen. Look what he says here again in verse number two. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Think about that. The earth giving way, severe earthquakes and storms. He says, though its waters roar and foam in verse number three, though the mountains tremble at its swellings. Look at verse number uh, six. He talks about, even though the nations are raging, the kingdoms are totter. He says, he utters his voice, the earth melts. Look at verse number nine. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. In the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter number 11, verses 35 through 38, it, it mentions all sorts of terrible trials which faithful believers have had to face. He talks about being homeless. He talks about being without proper clothing and food, mockings, torture, beatings, imprisonment, various forms of cruel execution, being put into a log and being sawn asunder. You see, Christians are not exempt from difficulties and struggles. So the real question we need to be asking is when troubling, time come, when troubling times do come, when difficulties and fear overtake us, do we want to face it with God as our refuge and strength, or do we want to find help elsewhere? Let's take a look at a second thing about this psalm that I, I think will really help us Secondly, don't fear God is in control. Sec don't fear God is in control. You see, during these difficult times and in the future when trouble is going to continue to come, Psalm 46 tells us about how we as believers can function and how we are to live. Let me point out a few things to you here in this psalm. Number one, we see God as being in control over nature. So we shouldn't fear because God is in control over nature. Again, listen to verses one through three here. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The psalmist here pictures one of the most frightening and really a, a large catastrophe of a, of a natural disaster. It's an earthquake. And the psalmist tells us 
of a quake so big that the mountains literally get swallowed up by the sea. He's saying that in the worst disaster that we could ever imagine, God is in control. And he is in control, and he's there as our refuge and strength. So we shouldn't be terrified of that. One thing that we've been hearing of lately is the death toll from the COVID-19 cases. Sounds pretty dire, doesn't it? Can I tell you that God is in control over nature? As our refuge, we can flee to God and find relief and comfort. And God's protection and strength are immediately available. Look what he says here. He says, God, our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help. The instant that we turn to him, he's there. He's available. You see, while he may delay delivering us to show us our absolute need for him, for reasons that we can't sometimes even understand. We can always have immediate comfort and calm when we flee to God for refuge and strength. So whatever personal catastrophe you face, a major health problem, the death of a loved one, the loss of your job, emotional problems, relational conflicts, whatever, God is bigger than all of our problems. He is readily available to help if you will take refuge in him and trust in his strength. Secondly, we see God as being in control over the raging nations. Look what Psalm 46 verses 4 through 7 says. He says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He says here, there is a river. What's interesting, and when we start putting this into its historical context of what was going on, Jerusalem is one of the few cities that was not built uh, on a river. Ancient cities during this time needed a water source at hand, especially during a siege. And during a siege, what would happen is, is an army would completely surround the city and they would not allow anybody to come in, not allow anybody to come out. And basically, they would starve the city to death. They would get them to a point where they were broken and weak. And then they would just go right in and take the city. And so when Sennacherib during this time attacked Jerusalem, he was sure because of the lack of water that they had would ultimately drive them to surrender. But Hezekiah did something amazing uh, during all of this going on. Uh, unknown to Sennacherib, Jerusalem had a source of water. And what what Hezekiah did during this time is he built an underground tunnel which secretly brought water through solid rock from a spring and it was brought all the way to the pool of Siloam. That little stream supplied all of their needs during that siege. 
you know what's interesting is that river is a picture of the great spiritual resource of the Lord himself. Listen to what he says in uh, Psalm 46, verse number 5. He says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. He is the living water who alone can quench our spiritual thirst. He is the God who is powerful enough to put an end of the uproar of the nations by simply raising his voice, as he says here in Psalm 46, verse number 6. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and what happens? The earth melts. You see, in the midst of all these problems we are seeing and facing, it seems as if the voice of trouble is raging. I mean, all you have to do is just watch any news source at all, and that's all you hear is trouble, 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 death tolls rising, more people being infected. The global economy seems like it's it's going out of out of uh, 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 the global economy is going into chaos. But can I tell you that in all of those things that we are seeing, listen again to verse number four. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. You see, it is God alone who will sustain us, just like how that river that was under the city of Jerusalem was sustaining the city of Jerusalem during that siege. God himself will sustain us in, during the times of our troubles and difficulties. And he will give us gladness while we are under siege. Thirdly, I want you to look at this. We see God as being in control over all, even wars. Listen to what Psalm 46 verses 8 through 11 says. He says, Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, even in the midst of chaos... God's sovereign plan will not be hindered. You see, one thing that we have to understand and realize is that before the foundations of the world, God knew about this disease, this virus. Before the foundations of the world, God knew what was going to happen uh, to everything in our economy. God knew it all. And so, in the midst of chaos, everything's going on and the, the, the nations are raging and everything that seems like the kingdoms are tottering. He tells us that he is in control. It says here that he sets up kings and removes them as he wills. God. Why? Because he is God. He does that. He alone will be exalted in the earth. That's what he says here in Psalm 46, 10. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God alone is going to be 
doing that. And you know what's interesting to think about is when Christ returns, he is going to crush all opposition to his reign. He's the, the mightiest of armies on earth are, are no match for his power. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we worship. This is the one who sits on his throne and is in control over all. We must ask ourselves this question. Do you think that this God that the psalmist speaks of here is sufficient for your problems and difficulties in life? Is he bigger than the COVID-19 virus? I came across a interesting uh, thing on Facebook, and what it was was a uh, an acrostic, basically, of the word COVID-19, and uh, uh, used each letter, you know, representing a, a, a certain word. And so with the word COVID-19, it is Christ over infectious diseases and viruses. And then the, then the, uh, uh, the numbers 19, it used Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be of good courage. Um, you know, it's so interesting to think about that and how that can really change our perception. God is over all of this. He is bigger than that. He is bigger than our fears. In the midst of these difficulty and this difficult and uncertain times, we need to focus on our God who is in control. Now, knowing these things is good. Knowing that God is in control, knowing that he is in control over uh, nature, and he's in control over the nations, he's in control over wars, he's in control of everything. Knowing these things is good, but how do we apply them to our life? I mean, when we're in the midst of the difficulties, fears, and the unknowns, how do we apply what God says here to our situations? Well, number one, I would say make him your refuge. You see, it is God himself who is our refuge and strength. Not our armies, not our fortresses, but God. This is what Hezekiah recognized when the army of Sennacherib was surrounding the walls of Jerusalem. It is God who is our refuge, not our economy, not our country. I believe one of the things that this virus is doing is showing us that God is the only one that is in power. And it's showing us really how weak we really are without him. We need to learn how to depend on him and perhaps this virus and the global emergency and meltdown is exactly what we really do need. It'll strip us away of all of the things that we are trusting in more than God. And God wants us to get us to that place where we are totally dependent upon him. He is our refuge. He is our refuge. Not the things that we hold to in this life that we find as being uh, securities. He is our refuge. He alone is our refuge. So make him your refuge. Secondly, learn how to be still. Look at verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm a God. 
This verse is pretty well known, and, and perhaps you may have memorized it or even quoted it uh, from time to time. But what does this verse actually mean? To be still and know that I am God. Sometimes many people tend to think that this verse means to rest or relax. You know, just, just, just take it easy. Just, 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 rel- just rest. You know, just, just, just lay down, be quiet, be still. Now, this verse does encourage believers to reflect on who God is. Be still and know that I am God. But there's more to it than that. Remember that this psalm was written in the context of a time of trouble and war. The phrase here, be still, literally means to cease striving or stop. You know, sometimes when, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever been on an airplane or in a, in a, in a situation, maybe in a, in a vehicle or something like that, and, and something happens suddenly. Like, let's say you're in an airplane, and, and all of a sudden there's some turbulence, and the, and the airplane drops, and it was something that was unexpected. The first thing that we do is grab the seat, right? We, we put out our hands, and we, we grab that seat, like the, like the armrest. Or, or maybe if you were in a vehicle and, and uh, uh, the, the person uh, in front of you stops abruptly and, uh, you know, you, you stop and maybe your passengers in the, in the vehicle, what do they do? It, 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 it alarms them so much that they grab something. Well, God here is telling us, he's saying, be still, cease striving, put your hands down. Quit trying to control everything. Uh, more specifically, in this context, he's telling them to stop fighting. A good way to bring it into our context of what we are facing would be, snap out of it. Wake up. Stop fearing. Acknowledge who your God is. Be in awe of him. We do this by putting our attention on God's word and getting to see him for who he is. Colossians uh, chapter 3 verses 1 through 2 tells us, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You see, if you're listening to the news and it's bringing fear into your life, snap out of it. Wake up. Stop fearing. Why? Because God is in control. You see, it's when we feel that we are not in control that we need to try and fight and put our hands on the situation. In reality, when we try and control the situation, we are striving against God. When trouble hits, don't strive against God. That's what he's telling them here. Be still. Know that I am God. Know that I am God. Be still. Stop fighting. Stop trying to control the situation. Know that God is in control. Know that God is a sovereign God. Know that he is a sovereign God even over your crisis. You see, as God, he will be exalted and glorified in the earth. That's what he says here in verse number 10. He says, I will be exalted. 
among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He wants you and me to exalt him by submitting joyfully to him, even during our times of trouble and difficulty and crisis. So in a time of trial, we turn to what we trust. I think that that's seen over and over and over. People that have addictions in times of trial, what do they do? They run to more addictions because that's what they trust. That's what is familiar to them. And so I, I guess the question that we all really need to be asking ourselves is, what are we putting our trust in? Are we putting our trust in government? Are we putting our trust in our, in our securities and the things that we have in this life? Is that, is that really what is going to give us the trust and dependence that we need? No. It is only God and God alone. Be still and know that I am God. Let's pray together. Father, I do thank you so much for everything that you have done in our lives. I thank you so much that you alone are in control of everything. And Lord, even though that this, this is a reality, I mean, this is global things that we're seeing going on. I mean, we're, we're hearing about how um, countries are being affected and how it's just affecting the whole globe. It almost seems like this is the end of the world as we know it. And in all reality, um, you are in control of it all. There's nothing that surprises you. There's nothing that is taking you by surprise here. And I pray that we will put our trust in you, that we will depend upon you because you are the one who is a help. You are the one who is our refuge in the time of trouble. And so I just pray that you will help us see the things that we might be trusting in, things that aren't really going to give us the hope and the help that we need, and that we would just turn to you. I pray that this would be a time of repentance, not only for our nation, but even for ourselves individually, that we will repent of the things that we are trusting in and that we will turn to you and trust you. God, you are such a good God to us. You, you care for us. You provide for us. And even though these are troubling times that we're facing, we know that you are going to be there as a help for us. And so, Lord, I pray for the people of, of, our, of our church, our congregation, that, Lord, if there's any of them that are fearing, fearing of the unknown, fearing of what is going on, Lord, I pray that your word would have a stronghold in their life. I pray that your word would be the, the source that they find as being a, a, a sustaining power for them that will, that will help them and enable them that your spirit alone will give them exactly what they need during these difficult times. Father, we are so grateful for your goodness and your love towards us. Thank you so much for being the God who sits on the throne alone, who's in control of overall. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen.